Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. I know God can do anything, but this is really hard and it's looking really bad and I'm losing hope. You got it backwards. Yeah, things are really hard. This trial is really difficult, but God can make good come out of that bad as only He can. In other words, God gets the final word. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Thessalonians. It's far too easy to give up hope and think everything is going to come crashing down. Pastor J.D. reminds us today how our suffering is essential to our growth. But beyond that, it's merely temporary. You might feel desperate, but be encouraged and know that God has overcome the world and He has the final say. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. These first three verses are any pastor's dream passage to teach because it has built in three points and it makes it very easy for you. (laughs) Hope produces endurance. Love is what produces the labor. And faith is what inspires and produces the work. Notice that's what Paul also says. He says, love prompts labor. Now, it's important to understand that the word that Paul uses here for labor carries with it this idea of exertion to the point of exhaustion. And apparently this was what he's commending the Christians there in Thessalonica for. In other words, when we love in this way, we are prompted and propelled by way of that love to endure regardless of how heavy the burden can be. And the burden can be very heavy at times. But it's the love that constrains us. It's the love that propels us to do that which we would only do because of that love that comes from God. And as the source being from God is then translated to others. Remember that famous song by the Hollies? He ain't heavy, he's my brother. He ain't heavy, he's my brother. That was really bad, I'm so sorry about that, but (laughs) classic song. Do you know what inspired that song? In 1884, James Wells, moderator of the United Free Church of Scotland in his book, The Parables of Jesus, tells the story of a little girl carrying a big boy. Seeing her struggling, someone asked if she wasn't tired. With surprise, she replied, no, 
He's not heavy. He's my brother. Later in the 1940s, the title became the motto for Boys Town, a community formed in 1917 where troubled or homeless boys would go for help. In November of 1969, the Hollies released an album with this now famous and classic song bearing that title. Here's the point. When you love like that, no burden is too heavy because love is what prompts the labor. If you really think about it, there are things that we do for the Lord that we would never do otherwise were it not for that love. Let's get to this third one, and we'll see how it all kind of comes full circle. And it's where Paul says that their faith produced work. Now that's interesting. Doesn't that almost at first read sound like a paradox? Faith works. I mean, we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest anyone should boast. But here Paul says that their faith produced work. So how do we reconcile it? James 2.18. Listen to what James says. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Okay, Jesus in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 28, is asked by the disciples a very interesting question. They ask him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Listen to his response in verse 29. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God. You ready for it? That you believe in Him whom He sent. That's the work. That's the work that comes by faith. That's the result of faith is to just believe. That's the works of God. That's the work that Paul is talking about here. So we had our prayer meeting. Powerful time together. And the Lord had impressed upon my heart to share out of Acts 27 where the Apostle Paul is on board this ship, headed to Rome. Luke is with him. Luke is actually recording this account of yet another shipwreck, only this time it's different. This time Luke writes about he and Paul and everyone on board that we had finally given up all hope, even Paul. And he had been shipwrecked before. This wasn't his first rodeo slash shipwreck, if you prefer. He's been down this road before. 
He knows this very well. But in this storm, it was so intense. And the detail of the narrative tells us that the storm was raging for days on end. No relenting, no relief, no letting up. And they had no navigation. Many days had gone by and they could see neither the stars at night or the moon, which is how they navigated at that time nor did they see the sun by day. It was just dark clouds, pounding rain, raging storm, day in and day out. And interesting, finally, everyone had lost hope of surviving that storm. But God, I love those two words, because they change everything. So here's what God does. He has an angel appear to Paul. This is after they had given up hope. It's just a matter of time. This is how it ends. And the angel of the Lord appears to Paul to remind him, because apparently he forgot. See, in Acts 13, Paul was told that he would go to Rome. God told him, God gave him his word, you're going to go to Rome. And apparently this storm was so bad that Paul had given up hope of ever getting to Rome. So the angel is sent to him to remind him, "Uh, Paul, (laughs) don't be afraid. That's interesting that the angel of the Lord would say that to Paul. Because what that tells me is, Paul was very afraid. This is Paul we're talking about, right? Unflinching fearlessness. This is the Apostle Paul. That's how I imagine him. I imagine him just pressing on and almost in some ways, in a sanctified way, being intimidating. When the Apostle Paul walked into the room, you knew it. But even Paul, it got to the place where he was given over to fear, and as such had lost all hope. So he had to be reminded of the promise that God gave him, the word God gave to him. Paul, you're going to go to Rome, remember? Do you believe still in that promise? Yes, I do. The reason I say that that way is because sometimes I think we just need to be reminded. We just need to be reminded of God's Word and God's promise when we're in the midst of those storms of life and we're prone to give up hope, which when you lose hope, you lose the ability to endure with it. If hope goes, so too does the ability to endure the trial go as well. That's why it's so important to never lose hope. And by the way, God doesn't fault us. I see nowhere in the gospel accounts where Jesus ever reprimanded anybody for being discouraged or even in despair. I think it was Oswald Chambers who said, God never faults a man for despair. We even read in the epistles that Paul despaired of life. 
he had just gotten to this place in his life where he despaired of life itself. And even throughout the Old Testament, we see time and time again, men and women mightily used of God, being given over to despair and fear and hopelessness. So the angel appears to Paul and renews his hope, because Paul had lost hope. They had all lost all hope of ever surviving the storm. And he says to Paul, Paul, no, you're going to survive. The ship isn't going to survive, but you're going to survive. And God in His grace is going to also give you all of these men that are on board with you the survival as well. The ship's going to run aground. I actually uh, didn't tell you this ahead of time, Paul, but I, on your itinerary to Rome, wanted you to stop at the island of Malta, because there's a lot of locals there that are going to get saved. So I have to divert you by way of this shipwreck to the island of Malta. It is a fascinating and profound account. I really encourage you in Acts 27 and 28 to read those last two chapters of that incredible book. So when the angel appears to Paul and reminds him, in effect saying to him, just believe, his hope is renewed. Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14 are actually, this is a life verse for me, a verse, a passage that God gave to me when our daughter Noel died. And I want to share it with you. It's written by David. In verse 13 he says, I would have lost heart, I would have lost hope, unless I had believed, believed, that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's this side of heaven. That's not to say that our hope is not in eternity, but it is to say that there is hope to not lose hope. God will bring good. You'll see the goodness of the Lord this side of heaven. Just wait. And that's what he says. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. David too. Interesting. We finished our study through the book of Psalms. It actually took us a year and two months to get through the book of Psalms. But all through the Psalms, we read these Psalms penned by the sweet psalmist of Israel, David, King David. And David too had a promise. He was anointed king, and God promised him that he would be king of Israel. Yet when you read in the Psalms, it seems that he too gave up all hope and didn't believe anymore in that promise from God. Because he pens in the Psalms that he's going to die at the hand of Saul. Wait a minute, David. No, you're not. Hey, wait a minute, Paul. You're not going to perish at sea. You have to go to Rome. 
wait a minute, David, you're not going to die or perish at the hand of Saul. You're going to be king. Don't lose hope. Just believe. That's what Jesus said. That's the work of God. It's the faith that leads to that work. It's the faith that leads to us believing. Just believe. One of the things that I have to confess this, that the Lord has really been convicting me about lately, especially when I go through our prayer list, which by the way, 16 pages of prayers, two lines each. We have 16 pages of prayer requests from people both here locally and then also from our online church. And I'm going through these prayer requests, many of which are for people that need a healing. Stage four cancer. Many prayers are for people wanting the salvation of a loved one. And as I was praying through these prayer requests, the Lord just kind of gently, He's always so gentle, and I'm so thankful for that. He's not harsh, just very gently, just sort of almost like, you know, just that little knock on the door of my heart with the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. And it was a question. Do you believe that I can heal them? Now every single one of us would say, yeah, I mean, you know, I, <laughs> I believe. Do you? Do you really believe? Do you really believe by faith that God can do anything? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Yeah, but Lord, the situation I'm in is really bad. I know. This is where we get our, and again, you'll forgive me, the, the butt in the wrong spot. So I know God can do anything, but this is really hard, and it's looking really bad, and I'm losing hope. You got it backwards. Yeah, things are really hard. This trial is really difficult, but God can make good come out of that bad, as only He can. In other words, God gets the final word. See, if you put the butt in the wrong spot, you give the trial that is leading you to hopeless despair the final word. Yeah, I know God's good. I know there's nothing too hard for the Lord, but you can't give that trial, that difficulty that is causing you to lose hope, the final word. God gets the final word. And God has given you His word that He will make everything that you are going through that's not good work out for the good. I think our problem is that we have a wrong definition of good. Our definition of, okay, Romans 8, 28, for we know that God works all things together for the good to them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. What's your definition of good? 
Have you ever stopped and considered that maybe your definition of good is not synonymous with God's definition of good? You know what God's definition of good is? Is to make us more like Jesus. Make us more humble, more compassionate, more kind, gentle, goodness, patience. Oh my goodness, sounds an awful lot like the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians 5, doesn't it? That's the good fruit, if you will, that God wants to work out and bring forth in our lives. I wish there was a a shortcut. Or actually, I I really wish, you know, when you see those TV commercials for this new drug that we're supposed to ask our doctor about, you know, the ones where they list all the side effects, I'm waiting for uh, Goodex, or whatever they want to call it, <laughs> Goodill, <laughs> a pill that I could take that makes it all good. It doesn't work like that. It's in and through the difficulty. That's where the hope comes, by enduring the trial. That's where faith comes. And that is the work of God, to just believe. Let me close this way. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're in a situation that is very difficult, a trial that is very painful, and you are, truth be made known, losing hope. I want to encourage you, never, never, ever give up. You'll see, just wait. You'll see, like David said. It's almost like he's saying, just wait. I I know how you feel. I, I almost just gave up. I thought, that's it. But God promised me, gave me His Word. God cannot go back on His Word, that no matter what, He would work it together for my good. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is a promise from God to you and to me. Never give up. And don't let the enemy get away with that, where he starts putting thoughts in your mind, and and you start entertaining those thoughts, and manufacturing those perilous scenarios. What if? What about? What are you going to (laughs) do? He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. 
You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth.